Hi everyone and welcome to the Game Week 13 playbook episode by Playmaker. My name is Sam and I'm joined today by Neil Murray once again. Game Week 12 was a story for big at the back. All of the premium defenders did phenomenally well. Um, and there were some big scores in the community as well. So congratulations if you were amongst them. Myself and Neil, obviously uh, riding pretty high at the moment, but we had varying uh, game weeks. Uh, obviously, as per usual, uh, if you could leave a like or subscribe to the channel, you won't miss any more content from us at Playmaker. And it goes a long way to helping the channel grow and for us to reach other FPL managers out there on YouTube and in the community. So that would be really appreciated. But in the meantime, uh, Neil, how are you and how was your game week? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I had a, another good week. Um, so 78 points in total. 90 places short of the top 10k i was hoping i would sneak in um but couldn't do it uh also pretty disappointed diaz uh didn't end up playing um and trossard came in for for a two-pointer instead players that returned to me like you said already big at the back was good i had james with 12 Cancelo with 12 trent with 15. um salah eight uh, 16 was captain i had jota which was good uh, Tony finally returned as well. Um, and then Blanks again for Kane, again for Antonio, again for Embuemo. Um, and yeah, like I said, Trossard came in for, for Diaz. Uh, Ramsdale with just a one-pointer. Played him over Foster. Um, I thought it was going to be the right call, um, but didn't turn out to be. But uh, yeah, I think I would have made the same call again. So I won't, I won't moan about that one. So yeah, another good week for me. What about you? Yeah, yeah. Um, slightly less good than you. I noticed that you've now technically overtaken me. Frustratingly, <laughs> I got the most marginal of red arrows I think I've ever gotten down 500 odd places. Um, but it does mean I'm now sat outside the top 10K, frustratingly. Um, and we are actually locked on the exact same amount of points on 844 points each. Uh, and we've worked out that you're ahead of me based on the amount of transfers that we've each made so far this season, um, which is frustrating because my extra transfer over the last weekend was Vardy out for Kane. Um, and I, I think they both returned two pointers. So I would have been ahead of you or at least equal with you if I hadn't made that second transfer. But 74 points, I can't really complain too much. Uh, treading water a little bit this week. Had the big three in Trent, James and Cancelo. Absolutely delighted with all of them. Livermento, one point, not so much. But to be honest, I would have done it again uh, away at Norwich. And their weak right flank uh, or their left flank. Um, I was happy to start Livermento against that. Salah captain. Mbwemo and Kane and Antonio all blanked, like uh, the same with you. Um, Gallagher and Tony got an assist and a goal, respectively. So not too unhappy, but 74 in a week where quite a lot of people I saw around in the community were hitting uh, upwards of 78 to 80 pointers. Um, I feel like potentially there was a slight opportunity missed there, but not too bad and I'm in a in a good place for the following week. I also managed to bench the two players that happened not to play. So uh, I felt a little bit psychic when Rafinha and Diaz didn't play this week. But uh, either way, even if I'd have started them, I would have got the exact same points coming off the bench anyway. So uh, it didn't really make much difference. But uh, in the meanwhile, talking of uh, substitutes and transfers and so on, let's have a look at those transfers of the game week. And this week, the winner was FPL6, who I th I'm not sure if this has happened before, but made three transfers, all of which got double-digit hauls, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, netted 34 points, uh, including the minus four hit that they took. Uh, brought in Trent, Cancelo and Dennis uh, for Vardy, Duffy and White. And well... Trent 15 points, Dennis 14 and Cancelo 12. Absolutely incredible. And all of the transfers out blanked entirely. So I don't suppose you know whether they played Dennis or whether he 
automatically came in, do you? No. It would be interesting if they deliberately played Dennis. If they did, they're a genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that would have been... Yeah. In, I can only assume he came off the bench, but um, FPL6, if you're listening, uh, do get in touch. Let us know in the comments yeah, whether uh, you started him or intentionally or whether he just came off the bench. But either way, absolutely fantastic transfers. Really well done. And I'm sure that's put you in a great spot for game week 13 as well. Um, guys, let us know your transfers in the comments. If you got close to this, if you uh, netted over that 10 point barrier that gets you the uh, Playmaker trophy uh, on our app as well, then uh, let us know in the comments if you've picked that up this week. Um, but in the meantime, let's... These keep, these keep getting bigger and bigger. Every they week. do, don't they? Yeah, it's crazy. I think I yeah. think the other week we had a record of 32 um, and now 34. At some point, we're going to break the 40-point barrier. Um, we don't include wild cards or free hits in this either, by the way. So uh, we can't. you can't like sneak in with an 80-point net gain on a wild card in a double game week or anything like that. You've got to do it properly. So um, yeah, the 34 points really is incredible. One day, we will see 40 points maybe maybe 50 if we're really lucky um, but either way really well done to FPL6 that's phenomenal um, moving on to another playmaker feature which is the membership comparison and that's in all of your mini leagues um, this week I thought it'd be really interesting to have a look at uh, ours directly against each other and uh, as you can see, we are locked on points. Our graphs are almost identical, which is crazy, um, considering we haven't exactly had the exact same teams all the way through the season. Um, I thought that was really interesting to look at. And uh, as you can see on the far right of both graphs, we are now absolutely locked on every single metric, pretty much. Um, yeah, and we're both cartoons as well. We are both cartoons, which is quite nice. Quite similar stylings. <laughs> I wonder if we got the same artist yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, check that out. If you haven't already, it's in all of your mini leagues. Just click on the analysis at the top of any of your mini leagues. And then you can search for any of your friends or any big names in the community. I'm sure there are plenty of big names that you want to compare yourself to. Um, check out how you're doing against them so far this year. So do give that a look. Just make sure you've linked your team on Playmaker and you can check that out now. But now on to the first main section of the show, which as always is Neil's watch list. And Neil, you've come up with the five main players that you want to be looking at or prioritising over the coming game weeks. Why don't you uh, start us off and let the uh, podcast listeners know who the five are this week? Yeah, so in order, it's Gallagher, King, Smith-Rowe, Corne and Mount. Um, lots of midfielders. Yeah, lots of midfielders yeah. again. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, defenders... It's. I was actually thinking. I don't think we've had a season where it was so obvious who the best five players were in a position. I mean, some years we get okay, best three strikers quite clear. Uh, I I don't think on a defensive level we've ever had like okay, these are clearly the best five defenders to own. There's no one else even really kind of competing with those. So for me, I'm only looking at midfielders. Of course, I'm would be considering strikers as well, but I don't think there's many standing out in that bracket. So, yeah, dominated by midfielders. Gallagher at the top of my watch list. Um, I feel a bit stupid for digging him up for the first six shows shows this year, getting him in my team for two weeks, losing patience, wildcarding him out. <laughs> and now he's, you know, he's doing amazing again. Um so, yeah, I didn't listen to myself clearly. Um, it's one of those where I think I have to kind of swallow making a mistake of losing patience too quickly, especially at that price point. Um, I, I think he was actually playing with, uh, I can never say his name, but Millie. <laughs> Millie uh, yeah. This week. Yeah, I think he started at the, in, in the same game. Mm -hmm. He still got an assist. He still looked really threatening. Um, I don't think it's a problem if he's going to get less set pieces. He's still, like really involved in that Palace attack. Um, I do think he is the best option in that price range. Um, I put him above Embuemo, who I do own, and I obviously I clearly put him above Smith-Rowe and Corne, um on my watch list here as well. So for me, he's a standout option um, in that price bracket, uh, and he's someone that, like, there, there's no way that I'm not going to end up with him at some point very soon. I don't necessarily think it will be this week. 
Um, but I believe I have Leeds the the following week, uh, and I'm kind of eyeing that up a little bit. Yeah. Um, King, yeah, King second on my watch list. Um, I think he's the best third third forward in the game now, um, especially at that price point. I think he's got the highest non-penalty XGI over the last four game weeks of any player, and he's five point six. Mm. Obvious downsides as he plays for Watford. <laughs> And that they have some tough. They tough do. The next the three are not good, but after that, they no. they do turn really nice. The patch turns full green for like four or five weeks. Um, there are some really good games in there, so yeah, he's uh, of interest. But, but please yeah, do carry I on. I think especially if you, yeah, and no, I was gonna say especially if you have someone like a Tony, right? Um, you, I'm I'm not saying I'm gonna get King in the next three weeks, but he's just someone that I'm really strongly considering now um if antonio continues to blank you know if tony continues to kind of underperform i think king is the most obvious replacement especially if you want to put more money in your midfield um so that's why he's there then smith row and corne um yeah same bracket as gallagher uh if i want a second in that price range which could very well be true for me because i currently own in Buemo and trossard um, ben Smith, Rowan Corney are who I'm considering. Um, yeah, Arsenal's fixtures are a bit up and down, but before the Liverpool game, they were unbeaten in uh, eight games, was I it? I think or it, was it was eight, it, yeah. A few games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I I think he's pretty cemented into that team now. Uh, and Corney, yeah, I mean, he's just, he's such a threat. I really like how Burnley are playing this season. I really think that they've they've gone to a more attacking style. Mm. I mean, even the game last weekend, a free-free um, against Palace, you know, it was a gung-ho game. Mm. Um, and it's not the first time Burnley have, have done that this season. Um, and I've watched a few of their games. I really like the way they're attacking. I really like the role that Corne is playing in that. So, yeah, it, it's not like where I wouldn't consider, say, a Burnley attacker in the past. I actually think he's a bit of a... And they are a bit of a different proposition this season. Completely um, agree. Yeah, and finally, yeah, and finally, Mount uh, maybe controversial. Seems that I also got rid of him um, a couple of weeks ago. I don't think I would have got rid of him. Um, I, I kind of, I, I picked him over Foden originally. I picked him over Jota originally, and I picked him for a reason. Um, and I think his XGI has been very strong this season. I still think when Lukaku comes back into the team, he will be one of the main providers to Lukaku. Um, and yeah, I just really like him as an asset. I, I still, uh, you know, I probably, well, I have put him above Foden still in my thinking there. Mm. Um, so yeah, Mount is uh, Mount is someone I, I, I'm still considering. And I have a Jota space in my, in my team right now. Who knows what happens when Firmino comes back. So Mount is someone that I'm potentially eyeing up uh, for that spot, maybe a bit further down the line maybe let's see what happens when Lukaku gets back but just someone that I'm constantly monitoring basically okay um so that really good review of all of those players there um let's dive into one or two of them really quickly and and have a have a deeper look or a discussion about uh, Gallagher first of all so obviously I bought him in last weekend he got me the assist it wasn't a double digit haul like he had done the previous two weeks but still fairly happy um, and I think, as you were mentioning about the set pieces, I think it would be more of a concern if he wasn't on set pieces and he was an eight million asset. But we're talking about a six million pound asset. It's very easy to fit into your team as a fourth midfielder. And as long as he's getting in and around the box and and he is starting every week over the Christmas period, I still think that offers fantastic value looking at those underlying numbers that's beating almost anyone in the game. His XGI, if you accumulate those two figures, are comfortably over seven, nearing eight after 12 game weeks. That's a, that's around 0.66 on average per per week. Um, so that's very, very strong for such a cheap asset. So I, I completely understand why he's such a high priority. Um, King as well, uh, we can probably go on to in more detail in my watch list because, uh, spoiler alert, he is in mine as well but completely agreed on him i think he makes uh a good case for a sort of an eighth attacker 
Um, Smithrow yeah. and Corne are really interesting because they seem to both be defying the XG XI stats, um, XGI stats, stats even uh, over the season so far. Corne especially, as you can see, five goals from just a 1.19 XG. And as I mentioned on our players to target video earlier this week, so if you haven't watched that, go uh, give that a watch now. Um, I did bring up Corne and did did have a discussion about what I what I make of the fact that his X, XG and and actual goals scored are, are, there's such a wide uh, difference between them and yes it is overperformance you do expect some regression there but he does seem to be taking his shots so like his chances so well at the moment um, the goals that he's been scoring are absolutely incredible like the, every single one pretty much have been there have been volleys from outside the box like tight angles like very very small chances that he's been taking and he does look like a player a bit on a, a bit of a lingard streak to him at the moment where he, everything he everything he hits just buries into the back of the net so i wouldn't bet against or, him or to be more more old school coming from a, a very newcastle biased perspective as well a little bit of papi cisse yeah yeah um, yeah of course uh, yeah that or joe willock last year as well a bit more news new oh yeah that's true yeah, new uh yeah, newcastle asset not so much this season um but yeah so corne is a very interesting one uh like you mentioned smith's rose fixtures aren't maybe the best just yet but newcastle first and foremost on is obviously a very good fixture so if you have him or want want to bring him in and, and don't mind benching him in a couple of weeks then not not a bad shout whatsoever mount is an interesting one because i've just sold mount for a gallagher but like you mentioned his underlying stats are great lukaku is back imminently um and if like you say jota is injured then he could be the ideal replacement at that price bracket if he is starting consistently. The one thing I would say about Mount at the moment is I'm not completely certain he will be starting every single week over Christmas. Um, but he could he could do. Um, but I, I think with the injury injuries he's had recently, it's thrown some doubt on it for me. And I think they've got so many players coming back from injury in Ziyech and Pulisic and obviously... Lukaku will be fitting in there as well, not in his position, but it does drag Havertz out of that position. And, and so Mount has a slight bit more of competition all of a sudden. I, I'm more hesitant on bringing Mount back in, especially after just selling him anyway. But I can completely understand the logic when you look at his underlying stats there. And obviously the 24-pointer he got in recent memory for both of us um is a good reason to keep be keeping an eye on him at least um is there anything else you wanted to bring up um regarding these five players or any other sort of nearly nearly made it in there no i honestly i i would say i almost had trouble picking five players right yeah. now there there is no one that's like you know absolutely jumping out to me to get and i actually think that that's one of the reasons why a lot of the teams and our teams look the same is because there's, there's not a big pool of players to pick from no. right now. I think there's like 20, 25 players that look like decent options and that's yeah. about it. Um, so it's, it's very hard and captaincy, um, it, it is very hard to differentiate right now. Yeah, completely agreed. And like you said at the start of the show, having such a strong template back five means that, and also all the all the forwards misfiring pretty much, it means that we do have a very limited amount of transfers we can be making. If if you don't have that back five or four of that back five so far, then obviously there are transfers to be made there. But a lot of us are getting close to that template. Midfield we've we've obviously all got Salah pretty much and then after that it's two or three of the same players mixed in with a couple of the cheaper ones like you've shown here on, on your watch list and then the strikers we, we'd pick other ones but there's just really no one that's firing to be honest and no. um, as we'll see in my watch list which we'll go on to now I've picked out a couple of strikers but even them I'm fairly hesitant on I'm not completely convinced um, yeah, I'm interested to see who they are. So yeah, good, great timing because here we are. Um, 
the first the elephant in the room before before we uh move on to the strikers the five that i've picked out are chilwell jota king wilson and jimenez obviously the elephant in the room being that we're recording this on wednesday morning after chilwell has hobbled off with uh what looks like a fairly substantial knee injury but it's unconfirmed as of yet what that knee injury is going to mean and how long he's going to be out for, if at all. Um, so he is still top of my watch list. Um, that doesn't mean I'm necessarily transferring him in, but if he is fit, he will be coming in probably for Diaz as my priority transfer either this week or next. Um, I think it's finally time that I, if again, if he is fit, it's finally time I accept the fact that the template is so strong that I may be uh, need to move away from double City and move on to double Chelsea and just take the odd rotation um, over Christmas oh. into account. Um, obviously, if he is injured, then that space could easily be Alonso um, at a slightly cheaper price now and equally as attacking, attacking, as threatening as Chilwell if he's nailed on to start. If Chilwell's injury is substantial and we should find out in the press conferences later on this week, um, then Alonso could be a great shout, almost ready-made replacement for Chilwell. Um, uh, but again, I I might hesitate slightly more on Alonso um, just because I wouldn't mind having Diaz quite so much if Chilwell is out. Um, but yeah, Chil Chilwell tops my list with the asterisks of if he's fit or fit soon. The same goes for number two, and that's Jota. Um, I really wanted him last weekend. Um, I, he was one of the three transfers I wanted to make. It was either Kane, Jota or Gallagher. I went for the double of Kane and Gallagher because I couldn't get in Jota without the hit. And I think I ran out of budget with price rises in the end as well. Um, I probably made the wrong move there, but Jota now potentially injured. But as an owner, um, what do you think about Jota? It, should I be concerned in bringing him, bringing him in? Should non-owners be still looking to bring him in? What do you think? I I think it's a, like as far as I'm aware, I'm uh, I think he is probably going to be all right. Okay. Um, like I mean, no one no one asked Klopp in the press conference, right? Um, I don't know whether that was just like a, a kind of lack of, of of kind of knowledge from the journalists, or whether it was because they were already aware that he wasn't really an issue. Um, Klopp didn't go out of its way to mention anything. Um, so I'm not overly concerned. Obviously, we'll find out a little more before the weekend. Um, but I, I, I still think he's a, a great buy. I think one thing that I've noticed on Jota, literally why you've got this table in front of us, is like everyone has, including myself, has him perceived as this frustrating asset to own who spurned so many chances he should do better than he does. Yeah. If you look at his if you look at his XG, it's 5.04 and he has five goals. It's bang on. It's um, bang on. Yeah. yeah. So that's actually something that's surprising to me because I also have this perception of him as wasting all these glorious chances and he's, you know, he, he should be coming away with more points than he does. But his XG is is how many goals he's scored. Um, so I actually like, I think that that's a big concern for many people around Jota, but actually, if you look at the underlying numbers, it's not really true statistically. The one thing that's interesting is that it's, it's more like the other way around. His XA is 2.48 yeah. and he has one assist. So the chances so he's actually creating. He's probably been unlucky. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably been unlucky rather than bad. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting kind of perception that we have as FPL players. I have the same perception until I look to these stats. So, yeah, for me, I think as long as kind of Firmino's out, you know, it, it, he is an obvious pick. He's seven and a half playing out of position for the best attacking team in the league. I mean, I think, yeah, as long as Firmino's out, he's a, he's, he is a must-have, yeah. in my opinion. Um and I did jump on him early, so I jumped on him two weeks ago. He blanked, but obviously he returned this week. I was I was relieved to see him return. Um, That'll settle your nerves. This week. So, yeah, exactly. So I I must admit I was more relieved than anything else that he did actually return. Um, but no, I'm happy with him. I don't think 
the injury is is kind of a serious one but of course we'll we'll learn more. yeah that's music to my ears hopefully yeah like you like you say we will learn more in the final press conference um like you said frustratingly none of the journalists seem to care about fpl at all in the champions league sure. press conferences but hopefully we've got one or two um fpl players in the press conference on thursday or friday whenever it is and we'll find out a bit more about jota um, what I do like, though, is the fact that if he is flagged, but he turns out to be fit, his ownership won't rise um, too much by the deadline. It'll, a lot of managers will hesitate to get him no, in, like cool, I am yeah. now. No. But if uh, if he is confirmed fit, then I can hopefully sneak in and uh, gr- grab him before his ownership rises too high, because my, my team is looking quite template at the moment. And I do really like the look of Jota especially if the timing works out for us and we're really lucky, Firmino gets back just as AFCON starts and then Salah and Mane go. So Jota is nailed then as well. Um, The one, just for balance, the one thing I would say about Jota is Minamino looks like he's going to start getting a few more minutes. Uh, Klopp uh, obviously brought him on and he scored within 40 seconds of coming on against Arsenal. And in the press conference, the one thing he did mention is that Minamino will be getting more minutes over Christmas. So don't think that necessarily directly means that it's going to be Minamino for Jota, but it does mean that there are still four attackers. And now Minamino is probably where Jota was in the pecking order. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that probably would have been, yeah, I agree. And that probably would have been Jota's goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's almost like Jota's been bumped up one in the priorities. Minamino's coming under and uh, Minamino will get minutes, but I wouldn't let that change your opinion on Jota too much. I think he will be starting the majority if fit. So keep an eye on those press conferences. Um, King, we've already talked about a bit, but um, like you said, his XGI over the last four weeks, I think is top of the league. He's also, like I mentioned a minute ago, the perfect eighth attacker at 5.6. He's still nice and cheap. His ownership is so low at 4.1. And I actually do genuinely prefer him over Dennis, um, despite being 0.4 more. Um, I also did a comparison between these two on our players to target earlier on this week. and. As it turns out, King's XG and XA are both far superior to Dennis's. Dennis has been great, don't get me wrong, nine returns in 12 game weeks, but he is patchy. Um, whereas King, we ha- we have a bit more knowledge of him over several seasons. We know what he's capable of. And we know that he's a good striker at 5.6 million if he's starting with the potential now for penalties as well. Because Saar yeah, missed exactly. two. Yeah. Um, over the weekend, I, I think he could easily be the next penalty taker for them. I, I think yep. that he's great value at 5.6 and he might be the way into a five-man midfield and he could be your regular yep. eighth attacker bench spot um, with the odd rotation there. Like I always say, over Christmas, do get those benches sorted. Make sure you've got depth there. He could be the perfect depth bench player to come on whenever rotation strikes. Um, so he's someone I'm very interested in, um, more so than the final two players on my watch list, which are Wilson and Jimenez, both of which have great fixtures on the horizon. Jimenez is a immediate, it's the next two. So if uh, I brought him in or if any managers were interested in bringing, bringing him in, I would recommend doing so this week. Do it now because otherwise you're going you're gonna to lose the opportunity to do so. Um, but he has been delivering consistently like we know he can over the last six or seven game weeks. Um, no big, big hauls, but it's just ticking along nicely with five, six pointers. And I think that that's exactly what you want from a guy like Jimenez um, and in a team like Wolves as well. Um, in a in a field of non-performing strikers, he's the one that is just ticking along nicely. So uh, if if you're getting yeah. frustrated, but so I, actually I I disagree with oh, okay. that. Actually, that's the reason why I don't have Jimenez. So I did have Jimenez, right? Because like you, I agree that there's a lack of options. Um, what what frustrates me about Jimenez is exactly that, like that it is six pointers. Yeah. Um, that it is consistency. Like, and personally, I want more like explosive. more explosive options in my front line. And then if I'm going consistent then I'll spend 2 million less and go for King. Yeah. Right. Like, so that's, that's kind of how I view it. So I think it's 7.8. I mean, especially 
I, I think Antonio is not a great comparison because of his recent form. But like someone like Antonio in that price bracket is capable of explosive returns, even if they haven't been coming more recently. Mm-hmm. But it's possible. Um, with Jimenez, like I, I just literally feel like it's it's just never gonna it's happen. Never gonna yeah. happen. Like it, it is just like consistent returns. And you know, I think it's about how you like to play the game. I don't think it's right or wrong that I, I think if you're happy with a Jimenez ticking along. Mm-hmm. Then and that suits your style of play. Then he's a perfect option for that. I I agree with that. For me personally, that's what puts me off him. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a case of thinking whether you're happy paying that price for kind of six pointers coming through into your team. And if you are, he's the perfect option for that. Yeah. But if you're not, then I wouldn't buy him. Is my take. That's a very good point. And actually that ties in well with what my first point was, is it, you'd have to do it now and then probably sell yeah. in two or three game weeks, yeah. um, unless you're able to somehow bench him. Um, but yeah, that, that almost puts me off buying him at all because if I help, if I bought him, he's the sort of player you do want in for a 10 game week period to tick along with a night with about 40 points over that period. Yeah. Whereas if you're going to want to sell him in two weeks, the idea of getting explosive returns off of the immediate next two fixtures for Jimenez out of all players, it seems relatively unlikely. And that brings me on nicely to the next player who is resting above him in this watch list, which is Wilson. He's got very similar fixtures after this immediate one, but then long-term, I think Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth, Newcastle with ex Bournemouth. Bournemouth It's Bournemouth 2.0. Yeah. Um, and that's ingrained in my mind. It, uh, the whole Eddie Howe at Bournemouth thing. Yes, it was a while ago, but we know what Eddie Howe's style is. And we immediately saw it last weekend against Brentford. They are going to go for the throat. They are going, going to throw bodies forward and try and make as many chances as possible for Wilson. He was relatively unfortunate not to get a return over the weekend. Don't let that put you off. He will get goals under Eddie Howe. He knows how to get the best out of him. Um, and also like, Players like ASM are going to put it on a plate for him as well over the season, as long as they all stay fit. Um, and also Matt Ritchie bombing forward a bit more as well um, is going to make those chances for him. I really like him as an asset at 7.4 million and only 3.2% ownership. He seems like one of those very rare differentials that could break the template up if he goes on a little run. And with the fixtures he's got ahead of him in the immediate four, I think there's that opportunity to... Um, see him explode a bit Um, obviously uh, five game weeks from now uh, fixture not great but I think he's the sort of player you want a long-term hold he's a bit like Antonio in the sense that he can return against anyone Um, and I don't know I don't know why I've got this but I've almost got this semi-grudge against him because he always seemed to kill all of my clean sheets in the last few seasons like whenever i've got a clean sheet holding on with 10 minutes ago he always seems to be the guy (laughs) again against newcastle or bournemouth he always seems to be the one who breaks that clean sheet for whatever defender i've got that week um and i want to use that i'm also getting my own nightmares here because king and wilson are back together on this screen (laughs) and it's from it's reminded me of the season where I started with both of them up front. Oh, God, yeah. Um, that, was that, that, was, that was a painful one. Short-lived, yeah. That, that's so frustrating. Yeah. But they're both looking great now. And, I, yeah, at, both of them are the differentials up front that I would recommend moving over to if you do want to break up that template, if players like Antonio or Tony are becoming <laughs> frustrating, um, which I think ties us on really nicely to our next segment. But before we do, just want to say, obviously, we've reached the end of the watch list. If you're enjoying the video so far, please do leave a like or subscribe. But more importantly, if you want to post your watch list, your priority transfers or players that you want to bring in or who you are looking at over the next few game weeks, please do leave them in the comments. We always get back to every comment and I'm sure other users will want to see what your priorities are as well if we've missed any ourselves too, which I'm sure we have. So please do leave a comment uh, letting us know who you're looking at now. Um, But let's move on to your concerns first, Neil. I I know we've got a bit of overlap this week because we've got similar concerns, but why don't you start us off and uh, list through uh, the five that you're slightly worried about now? Yeah, well, I think 
like so in order i have antonio and Buemo, tony kane trossard and if my memory serves me right the first four players on that list have one return in the last six game weeks <laughs> um one return in the last six game weeks for antonio and Buemo, tony and kane i believe that's correct yeah i think you're right um, so you know uh I don't care if Kane has good fixtures coming up. I don't care if Antonio um, is is great value um, or Embuemo and so on. Like, one return in the last six game weeks from attacking players not is good not good enough. Um, and that they have to be considered as transfers out. You know, I've been preaching patience of Antonio for a long time, um, but I, I am getting to the stage, especially with two free hard fixtures coming up, Mm. where I really am looking at the opportunity cost of keep carrying him through, especially if I could downgrade him to a, a, a king and put that money in my midfield. Um, so he's, he's high up there for me now. Um, I'm not saying I'm transferring him out this week. Um, he's, he's likely to be on my bench, um, but I would say he, he, his time is finally, um, well, his head is finally on a chopping block for me. The only thing is, is that they do have, after these hard fixtures, they do turn good again for West Ham, and they do have a run. Yeah. And you are probably going to want him, and you're probably going to have to suck up a bit of the value that you've lost if you sell him. And that's what's kind of stopping me right now, is I just want to have a little look at when would I want to buy him back? How much value do I think I would lose on that? And is it worth doing it yeah. for that period of time? Because realistically, um, it's what, four or five weeks until he hits a great patch of fixtures. Yeah, yeah. Then it's a great... And you're going to want it. Everyone's going to want him. I mean, we've already talked about there's no forwards available in the game anyway that are any good. Yeah. So everyone's going to want Antonio at that point. Mm. Um. So I know I'm going to want him in five, six weeks. Can you hold him? Is it worth... Yeah. Yeah. Is it worth selling him or is it worth just holding... That's what I'm not sure of, but I am. I have lost uh, patience um, now, uh, so yeah, I'm considering him out. And Buemo and Tony, I think exactly the same, right? Um, and Buemo, especially when there is you know free players that I put on my watch list that's slightly more expensive, but basically the same price range. And again, Tony, like Tony has you know been touted as the ideal third forward, but now we have King emerging, also Dennis. Yeah, um, cheaper. There are other options that are cheaper and are performing better. Mm. Um, so I don't really buy the argument that he's the best third forward anymore. Um, so he's there for me as well. Like I said about Kane, yeah, he's got some great fixtures, but I've had him for four weeks now, four blanks, twelve point two million. Um, I, you know, another blank this week or. The next two, I, I can't guarantee I'm going to hold him for the full run of great fixtures, to be honest. I also think it's interesting. I noticed that Sun had disappeared off of both of our watch lists. Yeah, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I, which I think uh, sums it up. Um, so, yeah, Kane is a worry for me, even with the great fixtures. Again, I'll give him this week, probably the one after, but I'm not saying I will hold him for, for all of them at this point, actually. Mm. Um, and then finally, Trossard... Um, he has done well for me. He does have a, like, he has leads this week. There's no way I'm going to sell him before that. I'm going to play him. Um, then it's tougher next week. Then it's good again. Uh, the reason why he's on there is, like I said before, I don't feel comfortable benching him, which I have been doing at 6.5. Yeah. Um, so I think there's some cheaper options available to me. Um, I bench him a lot of the time. So six and a half midfielder on a bench. Also, I think the fact that Brighton haven't been winning, they've been playing with this Trossard false nine experiment. I think it works against the Liverpools and the Cities, but it doesn't really work against smaller teams. I expect more pay to come back into the team yeah. uh, sooner than later. They need that cutting uh, edge. Yeah, I, I think so. So I, I think kind of the, the false nine experiment of Trossard might be coming to an end uh, as well. But his underlying stats are still great. So... Uh, he, he at least has two returns in the last six, yeah. so that's, that's why he gets fifth place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, two returns in the last six isn't bad. I mean, it, even one more return on top of that, and you're you're thinking for 6.5, that's actually pretty yeah, decent. Yeah. Well, a return exactly. every other week. Um, yeah, obviously, um, we've got 
a few similar overlapping concerns. So I won't dive in um, on my thoughts on those uh, players in particular. Um, one thing that is interesting is Kane being on your concern list. Um, you did briefly mention Son and the reason I would have Kane on my concern list if I if I did is because I would have wanted to jump across to Son. But as you mentioned, Son's not really looked too convincing under Conte so far. Maybe maybe there's worth it's worth uh, having a quick word on what we thought of Son's performance against Leeds um, because I wasn't convinced at all. He looked very isolated and not in and around the areas we've come to expect from Son over the last couple of years, at least. Um, I only remember one shot on goal and that was from outside the box and he had to craft that himself. Um, what what did you make of uh, Son and Kane's performances against Leeds respectively? I, I mean, even though they won the game in the end, I wasn't convinced by Spurs at okay. all, um, to be honest. Um, I mean, especially in the first half. Um, so, yeah, the first half yeah, was cool. I, like for me, it, it, Yeah, for me, it's like the issue has like... I don't think the issue has necessarily been Son and Kane. Like, I do think the issue is Tottenham mm. um, as a team. Uh, I do think Conte will get them playing better. I do think they're going to improve. Um, these fixtures obviously give them the chance to do that. But I, I just think maybe I or we as FPL managers have been a little naive in, like, how quick that's going to happen. Mm. And just because they have great fixtures doesn't mean they're going to smash teams immediately because Conte's in charge. It might well look like it did last weekend. Yeah. Get a 2-1 win after coming from behind. Um, you know, I, I, I have a feeling that the next few fixtures will be, if they're wins, they'll probably be sneaked wins. Yeah. Rather than anything convincing. Um so yeah, that that that's why I'm that's why Sun's not on my watch list. That's why Kane's on my concern list. Is because I don't see a lot of goals mm. even with these fixtures. Um, and sure, Sun and Kane might get a couple of returns in those games, but I I, I personally don't think we're going to see many, if any, convincing wins by Spurs even with these fixtures. I might be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I just have a feeling that that's how it's going to play out. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think if we're ever going to see um, a big scoreline of some sorts this weekend might be the one where Burnley have uh, Tarkovsky out. And like you mentioned earlier on in the video, they have been in a few uh, ding-dongs <laughs> over the last few weeks and conceding a few goals yeah. as well. Um, so I do expect that one to potentially be weirdly quite an open game, um, which we don't really expect yeah. from a Burnley side, but so far the stats suggest that it might be. Um, so I am I am actually feeling quite confident on Kane. I thought he looked it, like he was getting into the good areas against Leeds. Um, it is a supply issue, um, but I think the supply is just coming now. I think I think there's some green shoots there, and it will take time. But I think the the run of fixtures is good enough for me definitely to hold him until sixteen, um, where I will probably be selling him. But um, yeah, I'm not too concerned yet on Kane personally. Um, but let's uh, let's move on to. The players I am concerned about, um, three are the same as yours. So that is Mbwemo, who tops my list. Then Antonio in second. Uh, and then I, the two that are different are Diaz and Rafinha in third and fourth, respectively. Finished off by Tony in fifth. Um, I'll start with Mbwemo. Obviously, at the top, you uh, shared your thoughts and I I, <laughs> I share those. Um, I, don't, I don't disagree with anything you were saying there. I think at 5.6, there are alternatives now uh, one of which I've even got in my team uh, in Gallagher that fill that slot really well and it just hasn't been working out for him he has been very unfortunate uh 4xg uh, another another offside yeah involving Tony the, yeah you know uh, but how many times is that you know uh, uh, it starts in the beginning it looks unlucky but I don't know like when it happens over and over and over again um, yeah, I think this one was pretty unlikely. Yeah, but it was marginal. I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how many weeks we just got to put up with unlucky. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing because there's been what five or six offside goals involving these two players, yeah. and yeah. now seven posts have been hit by Embuemo. Um, I think the record for a whole season is ten. So, at, uh, yeah. obviously, hitting a post 
can be seen as unlucky and probably should be seen as unlucky in isolated incidents. But seven already 12 weeks into the season, at what point do we start saying maybe this isn't just bad luck for like both the offsides and the post combined? Um, the thing is, the fixtures over the next four still aren't bad. So I wouldn't, yeah. whilst Embuemo is yeah. top of my list, it's not like I need to get rid of him now, but I could make a double switch across from Embuemo and Tony, for instance, or Embuemo and Antonio, and then bring in that fifth, uh, like getting Jota uh, and, and yeah. King, for example, and just switch the values across. Um, mm. So it is an idea I've had. Um, but I think... I could make peace with leaving him in against Everton. Everton have conceded the most big chances, I think it is, over the last four or five game weeks yeah. since um, yeah. Decore went off yeah. injured. Um, so I do fancy their chances against Everton. I think it might be worth just leaving them in for that week. And then they've got Tottenham the week yeah. after where we might, again, one week more of data. And if they fail against Everton as well, then we really will be quite sick of them by then. Um then on to Antonio again, like you one return in the last six. And it is just a question of, do I want to get rid of him ahead of wanting to bring him back in in five weeks? And can I suck up that extra 0.3, 0.4 value and reinvest it in him when I have to buy him back? Um, it's, a, it's a tricky one because like you said, at a similar price point, there aren't too many options. Um, the one thing that is promising is Bamford is back in training at around that price point. Mm -hmm. So that's something good. DCL is not a million miles away, so we will have options soon. And yeah. uh, like I said, Wilson could explode over the next few weeks. So that is one player you could be looking at jumping across to. Um, the other thing I would mention on Antonio is he has been getting his rest midweek, mostly when the Europe, uh, Europa League's been on. Um, but now it's Premier League, Premier League, Premier League all the way through the midweeks past yeah. into into the new year. And uh, you could definitely see him getting the odd game on the bench of coming on for a few minutes or getting the odd early substitution in the the <clears throat> against the weaker oppositions where we'd yeah. be targeting bringing him back in. So maybe even in three or four weeks when we're all looking at bringing him back, he might get the odd benching. So it's a it's a tricky one. Um, he is definitely up there as the player that could be on the chopping block to make way for some value for me to reinvest in the midfield or potentially even change formations to a 3-5-2. Um, but again, I've not completely lost faith in him just yet. Um, Man City is not a great fixture, obviously, but we know he can return against anyone. Um, uh, yeah. It, but I wonder, actually, it's an interesting point. I'm just looking at the fixtures. like. In 16, they're away at Burnley. You'd expect they want Antonio's physical presence. Yeah. Then three days later, they're away at Arsenal. Tough game. Yeah. Then three days later, they're at home to Norwich. So third game in a week mm. is the home game against you're Norwich. You're probably going to... If you're going to bench him in one of them. Uh, but then there is there is a gap to Boxing Day there where they're home against us. So maybe they... You know, flog him in the, the the that week, and then give him the rest before Boxing Day. So I don't think like yeah. guaranteed to be rested, but of course, like when you have three games in a week, and the last one is Norwich at home, um, stands out. Yeah, it's it? uh, yeah, it does stand out. But there is an eight week gap, uh, eight day gap following that. Okay. so he might he might make it through. Okay, well, yeah, that that's actually quite reassuring to know. But um, I suppose he has played three in a week at points this season um yeah but i wouldn't expect it too often um okay um so i think i think we've talked about D uh, antonio enough diaz for me was a concern in the sense that i wanted Chilwell. <laughs> um now he has dropped down a little bit to thirds um i think city's defense could still be very valuable to double up on over christmas i'm still sticking with the party line that they will tighten up. They will try and go for the 1-0s, 2-0s over the Christmas period. And Diaz, as annoying as it was last weekend, he's now had his rest. And I hope that that means that he is going to be starting most weeks um, over the Christmas period. Um, so I'm not too worried about him now. If Chilwell is declared fit, then he might be uh, transferred out for Chilwell potentially this week. 
Um, but other than that, I've not got too much to say on him personally. Rafinha, again, if he's fit, I'm not worried. Right now, in, in three weeks, I'm worried. Um, but if he's either... If... Um, if Bielsa is concerned about his fitness going into this weekend, I might have to sell him altogether because they've got the three fixtures in the space of a week coming after this weekend or including this weekend. If he's looking like he's struggling going into this weekend, then he might not even play in the next two after that. So I will need to be looking at a replacement. Um, but again, that's very press conference dependent. I'm not prioritizing him yet but i am keeping an eye on his fitness and if he is declared out or a substantial risk then uh, he will come to the top of my billing um, and then finally tony i think out of all of these i am least concerned about tony um he's got five returns in 12 which is slightly under maybe what i would have expected but it's only by a goal or so and like and like we like we've been saying, he's had three or four offside goals ruled out, some very marginal calls. He has been slightly unfortunate. He is on penalties and he will start, you presume, every single match over the Christmas period, which I do like. Um, and the fixtures are he, terrible. He needs to hurry up a little though, right? He needs to hurry up a little because didn't he say he was going to get 20 goals this season? <laughs> yeah, he did. So 17 to well, come. Well, wasn't <laughs> yeah, 17 to go. Yeah, so uh, I'm very excited <laughs> so, for... Yeah, we know he's going to... He's about to get very prolific. I'm very excited for his three goals this weekend um, to yeah, catch up so. a little bit. Um, but all, all it takes is a goal this weekend and all of a sudden he's not a concern at all for me. He's got six in 13, six returns in 13. And his underlying stats are good. Like, um, as we were saying earlier, we like the look of Trossard's underlying stats and they're worse than Tony's. And we like the look of Gallagher's stats and they're not a million miles worse than Tony, a million miles better than Tony's either. So I, I wouldn't say it's a nightmare. He has been frustrating, but returns are slowly coming in for him. And I think over the next four weeks, I'm happy to hold him unless I see some big flashing lights around another striker that I desperately want. I, he might be a player I'm just happy to to hold for now. Um, but that brings us to the end of our concerns. If you've got your own concerns and your teams, let us know in the comments. We'll, we'll let you know what we think of them. Or if you disagree with us on any of our concerns, like normal, do leave uh, a comment and we can have a chat about them. Um, on to our next section, which I'm presuming will be very short once again. Uh, it's the captaincy debate, um, probably in inverted commas. Uh, it's Salah, right? It's got to be Salah, surely. Yeah, I think it is. Well, it is for me. Uh, yeah. I don't think it is. It is. Um, yeah. I think uh, the, the interesting thing with this week is I think last week there was actually, we talked on the show that there was potentially some other options that you could look at mm. that week. At least you should bring them into your thinking if you did want to go and do something a bit different. Uh, the thing I would say this week is that is not the case for me. Mm. I don't, like I said, I don't care about Kane's fixtures, like one, one return in six. There's no way you could captain him. Um, Vardy kind of similar, like, I mean, yeah. Leicester and him are not in the greatest form. No returns. Bamiyang, trusting a Bamiyang with a captaincy feels unnecessary Wrong. to say yeah. the least yeah <laughs> um i have triple captained him a couple of seasons ago but uh, oh, really? that, was, that was a different that was a different time yeah um, that was back when he was a half decent fpl prospect <laughs> yeah exactly and then there's there's trent and i think uh i don't remember but originally i put my vice on trent this week so mm -hmm. I, I think i've actually changed it maybe to jota but i i, I think uh trent yeah if not salad then maybe trent but yeah uh, I, I don't think what, why I um, think to be honest I, yeah I don't know um for me it's Salah um and I don't think anyone else makes a good case this week so I think it's a week where you do stick to the default yeah I I think there has been some discussion in the community about whether we can start looking at captaining the premium defenders at some point um including yeah. Trent but also the two Chelsea wingbacks and uh Cancelo as well Whilst I don't disagree with that as a as a premise, and I, I quite like the idea as a differential punt in the coming weeks, I don't think this is the week for it. Obviously, Chelsea don't have the fixture for it. 
I don't think Man City against West Ham are particularly the fixture for it, um, especially not when Salah has Southampton. And the thing is with Trent, realistically, unless Salah's at AFCON or injured, any week that Trent has a good fixture, Salah obviously also has that good fixture. And you're not, I don't really know too many people who would back Trent over Salah in any given game week. Obviously, it can pay off. It would have paid off in game week 12. But I think on average, Salah is going to come away with the the significantly more returns than Trent um, in any given game yeah. week. But I don't hate the idea of a premium defender. I just don't think it's this week when you look at Chelsea and Man City's independent fixtures. Salah against Southampton, it just looks like the golden ticket this week. Um, and his stats are obviously absolutely phenomenal. Um, let us know if you're picking a differential captain. I can't imagine too many of you are, but if you are, let us know in the comments like always. Um, I think it's a ceiling question as well, right? Because yeah. I think like the defenders have been doing well, sure. Like, and of course, James did get a 20-pointer, 21-pointer. Um, and I, I actually think he's probably the only one of the defenders that is capable of 20-plus um in my opinion um i think he's the most explosive of the options um but other than that you're looking at a typical best case scenario of a 12 15 pointer so what do you need salad to do to match that yeah basically like two goals and max bonus mm. and salad ceiling is not two goals yeah it's much much um, higher <laughs> it's much higher uh, so i think from a captaincy perspective like at a ceiling perspective, Salah is still the better option in terms of upside than the wing backs. But of course, if Salah has a blank and you captain a wing back with a 12 15 pointer, then you have captured the upside um, much more. Mm. Um, but at, at this, yeah, I, I, I still think it's a hard thing to do. I think it's actually because there is no other real options. Like Kane isn't really a captainable option right now. No other premium is a captainable option right now. So if you're looking away from Salah, it probably is the wingbacks. But it, just because they are the best other option doesn't mean that they are necessarily an amazing option, yeah. in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah, I think that wraps us up nicely on the captaincy debate. I completely agree with everything. You were saying there, um, I'm definitely Captain Salah. I think you are too, but let's find out right now. Um, and also, I think a bit of a bombshell here. Um, so, Neil, explain to us what might have happened here, just as a, and, and for the podcast think, listeners as well. What, what have you done with your team? Yeah, so I, I've been keeping quiet um, all episode, but the eagle eyed viewers or, or listeners may have been wondering why Chilwell was not on my watch list and why Diaz was no longer a concern for me. Yeah. Um, and the reason is, is because Sunday night, I did Diaz to Chilwell. Um, what could go wrong? Because, yeah, what could go wrong? Well, because, and I will, I will give like uh, my reasoning for doing the early transfer. Um, the main reason was that I actually have two free transfers. So I thought in a worst case scenario, of one of my players, I didn't necessarily think it might be Chilwell, but one of my players getting injured, I still had a free transfer to potentially clean up any mess. Sure. Um, Diaz was dropping in value. It's a transfer that I've been talking about on and off for four weeks on this show. Um, you know, and uh, Sunday I just got to the point, especially after Diaz bench, and I think like the strongest case for Diaz was that he was a nailed on defender and like since i bought him in he's missed two games yeah that's so um, annoying so annoying yeah like uh, he's got like three or four points for me since i bought him in oh, I've, because i actually benched his clean sheet yeah so uh, i've literally got nothing from him um and like i've said before he was a player that i was uncomfortable owning for my playing style anyway and so sunday i just lost patience i was like look it's clear that I need and I want chill well. Like I'm just uh, this. I've been putting this move off for four weeks. I should just admit my error and make the move with the price drop, with the security of the extra free transfer. And then, of course, you broke it to me this morning. Yeah. And I needed. I I missed the news last night um, that Chilwell was <laughs> picked up an injury. So 
What? Uh, what? I still have what one now? Question, <laughs> yeah, what now? Well, let me run through my team quickly. Yeah. So how I am setting up is uh, Ramsdale, James, Cancelo, Trent, Chilwell, back four. Mm-hmm. Then I'm playing four in midfield, Jota, Salah, and Buemo, and Trossard with Tony and Kane up front. Yeah. And my bench right now is Antonio first sub, then Livramento, then Brown Hill. So I if if Chilwell is out, like I said, actually, in watch list concerns, none of that watch list I'm dying to get in this week or even next week. Like, I'm not like, there's no player in the game right now that I haven't got in my team that I'm absolutely dying to get. Yeah. And there's no player even on my concern list that I'm absolutely want rid of immediately they need to go so i feel like i'm in a pretty good position um with my free transfers still in the bank yeah. ideally chillwell is fine if and then i think what i've worked out in the last hour since i found out about this is if he's fine he's obviously staying if he's out for a week he's staying and antonio just plays yeah against it's not the end of the world is it no, it's not. Mm. But if he's out for two or more weeks, um, and hopefully we do find out, um, then I'm actually think I'm because I don't have any other priorities. I'll probably just use the free transfer to do Chilwell to Alonso. I knew you'd and, say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. It's kind of a luxury, and yeah, and then I've burnt two transfers on the same player position. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah on the same player. But I also see it as an aggressive move. I don't see it as a, you know, a negative move. I see it as an aggressive move. I'm in a luxurious position of having that extra free. Many people won't be. Mm. I don't think there was many going into this week with two. There was many going into last week with two. Yeah. But there's not many going into this week with two. So for those that have moved early on Chilwell, they have a difficult decision to make. I'm one of them. But I actually feel the aggressive move is if he's out, I'm just going to do Chilwell to Alonso yeah. um, and not worry about use, you know, wasting two free transfers. I will see it as making the most aggressive move that I could with the two transfers that I had in the way that I played them. So I, I won't, yeah, I won't have any regrets or cry about it. Um, I, I will just move for Alonso. Yeah. Uh, so that's my plan. But I'm ideally Chilwell was fine. I can roll the the transfer again and have two again next week. Yeah, I I think the important thing to remember here, which you clearly are doing, is you've got to play the cards in front of you. You've done the move. It's out of the way. Now you've got to almost reset and think, right, I've got one free transfer and I've potentially got an injured Chilwell. So wait for the press conferences. And then the optimal move, if you've got one free transfer, is surely... Well, okay, I'll get the nailed the nailed other wing back who's going to come yeah. in for Chilwell and is equally as aggressive and attacking yeah. and will probably get equal returns over the next three or four weeks if Chilwell's out for a while. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think you're still in a very good spot. It is just dependent on whether you're going to have to waste that second transfer. But like you said, it just may- means you're level with most other managers in the game who also only have one free transfer yeah. at the moment. So I think you're in a good spot. I like the look of your team. I'm very jealous of Jotter if he is fit. Um, and yeah, I, I think you're, look- you're looking really good. Um, I'm going to move on to my team, which is very similar to you in a lot of ways. Um, Ramsdale and goal, Trent, James Cancelo and Diaz at the moment. So I haven't done the the Chilwell move. Um uh, but other than that, we're quite similar still. So Salah captain and Buemo starts. Um, Gallagher and Rafinha are in my midfield. I'm happy with both of them. Um, Rafinha obviously is a slight doubt, so I need to keep an eye on that. Um, Kane against Burnley, currently vice, but I could easily change that to Trent. Um, and Tony up against Everton, I quite like the look of. Same bench as you with Antonio first sub. Um I, at this point, now that Chilwell's injured, potentially I could roll, and then I've got yeah. I've got nice two free transfers going into the busy midweeks and, yeah. and all of that, and I, I do feel like that could be valuable to have over Christmas at some point, and banking that second free transfer now could be really valuable. The other yeah. alternative is it would go either roll or all the way to a, a four point hit. I don't think there's any in between here. The four-point hit in question would probably be um, either Rafinha or, or Buemo out. Um, 
depending on injuries uh, uh, with Rafinha. And then he, and then Antonio would be the make way. I'd bring in King. And then I'd also bring in Jota if fit. Um, so yeah. I really like the look of Jota, especially against Southampton. And like we said last week, every week you wait on Jota is another week closer to Firmino being back. And so you lose the potential upside of bringing him in at all. So I'm just conscious ah. if I wait another week, then it the value of bringing him in lessens slightly. Um, so I am interested in that move, but I would need to take a hit to get to him now because I'm I'm I don't yeah. quite have the budget. The, the only problem with and the only problem with that is you're taking a hit to then bench one yeah. of the players that comes. So in I'm effectively hit, taking right? a direct hit for Jota. Uh, so Jota himself yeah. so needs Jota to get has to outscore Embuemo yeah. or Rafinha by four points. Exactly. So you're you're decreasing your probability of the upside from the hit like immediately, right? Exactly. Um, so it's a high risk manoeuvre. Yeah. Jota is a player who can who can score a couple, but he's he yeah, doesn't sure. he yeah. doesn't tend to be explosive in the sense that he gets loads of double digit returns. He usually nets one or gets one assist, and and that's it for him. Um, I don't know whether that's just a coincidence, but he doesn't seem to get two or three goals in any game ever. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm hesitant on doing that. I think if everything falls the way I want it to, I will just roll. Um, but oh. yeah, depending on injuries, I could easily make a move. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty ca- happy, pretty comfortable. Um, West Ham uh, against City for that double defence isn't the best, but um, I think if anyone can keep a clean sheet against West Ham, it is City. Especially, especially if Antonio ruins it. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah, exactly. It could, <laughs> there's definitely a scenario where Antonio bags a brace yeah. and, and ruins the clean sheet on and he's bench. on my bench. Yeah. And you have Catello. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. Definitely could happen, but uh, but I think like to me your team looks very well set up for this week. I would I would I would roll if possible. Yeah, um, looking at that. Yeah, I think I think I probably will, barring injuries. Um, I like the idea of having two free transfers next week. Um, yeah. cool. Okay, nice. Well, uh, let us know what you think of our teams uh, in the comments as per usual. Um, but we have reached the end of the show today. Hopefully, you've all enjoyed it. Um, if you have and you're still around, um, thank you very much for watching all the way through. Um, if you haven't subscribed already, please do. And then you won't miss another video. Um, and if you want to just click that little bell button, then you are notified whenever we put out a new video the second it goes live. Um, also, if you could leave a like, that would be really helpful. Like I said at the start of the video, it just means that we can grow the channel and reach other FPL managers. We can build the community get more people into Playmaker as well and create a really rich conversation on both our app and in the comments below as well. Um, But for the time being, uh, I've been Sam. Um, I hope all of your arrows are green this week. Um, And Neil, do you want to say any last words? No. Um, (laughs) I I, I, I was going to moan about, uh, yeah, I was going to make a joke about don't make early transfers, but I think it's too late for that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, good luck, everybody. Uh, Hope hope Chilwell is fine. Yeah. Goodbye, everyone, and uh, hope hope, hope Chilwell is fine as well. (laughs) Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye.